I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me and let's walk with Jesus. Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in again. Tuning in. Is that like back when they had a radio and they had the little dials? Like we don't have a radio now, but you know what I'm saying? Like when you had them in the living room? Not like you don't now, but you know what I'm saying? Back before TVs and they had that little dial, they like tune in the station, like where it's not staticky. Is that what that means? I don't know. I think I might look this up now that I have talked about it. Uh, one of the other episodes I had talked about what was the difference between farming and gardening. I don't know if I ever got back to you in that one. It's not really important, but farming is just like bigger. You have like tractors and farm tools. You're usually like selling stuff that you uh, grow and it's a lot bigger area obviously and gardening is smaller and usually for personal consumption for your information in case you were curious you probably already knew that (laughs) but all that to say I cannot call myself a farmer even though that sounds cooler to me I am a gardener also I think what is very neat to me I don't know if you have kids but I have a high school boy and a middle school boy and a five-year-old little girl and um And so anyways, for the younger two, they're stuck with me in the car because they don't drive yet. (laughs) And, uh, and I got these audio books from the library. And so we've been listening to Little House on the Prairie because I picked it out. That's what you do when you're homeschooler. You're like Little House on the Prairie, everything, way of life, all the things. I don't make my own clothes, but I would if I could. Um, And so they've been listening to Little House on the Prairie. But for like in some way, my 12-year-old son did not realize that's what it was. But he was like thoroughly enjoying the book. And in my mom heart, I was like, ha ha, I gotcha. You don't even know. So we came in. I said, hey, y'all want to watch this show? That's, you know, the book, the the show's based on this book. And so they're like, yeah. And I pull up Little House on the Prairie. He's like, what? (laughs) And I'm like, Oh yeah, you didn't even know you were thoroughly enjoying this. So anyways, anytime you can uh, sneak delicacies like that to your children. (laughs) Delicacies, I don't know. I think it was really funny. Um, I like those stories. And I don't know, have y'all heard of, and I'll quit talking about random things, but have y'all heard of the Sugar Creek Gang books? Um, They are a Christian book set. It's like a I don't know, like 30 something books in the set, probably more than that. And, um, it's based on these, like, I don't know if they're 10, 12 year old boys and them growing up and having adventures with their friends and things like that. But it's from a, a Christian biblical viewpoint. And so it's got a lot of good morals and stuff. So if you have some boys, even if they're younger than that, I would really encourage you to get those books and either read them to them if they're not old enough to read little chapter books or um, get them for your older boys who can read them themselves. Really good. Another book plug. (laughs) I really like it sounds like I probably read more books than I do. I probably read books that I have to for homeschool curriculum. Um, But as far as like my personal books, the only type of books I read besides the Bible is a lot of like self help books, (laughs) like how to not yell at your kids as much. Um, Or you know, um, how to be better organized because you are a sloppy slopster because that's what I am. So I don't know. What about you? Are are you like, you read all the books and then watch the movies or you just don't even watch the movies because you got the books? Me, I thought I enjoyed Charles Dickens um, because I've seen all these movies (laughs) that are based in Charles Dickens books, but I have not read one Charles Dickens book. Okay. Well, glad I could talk to you guys about this. 
What I really wanted to talk to you guys about is the Old Testament laws. Um, I think it is interesting, um, probably has been like this since Jesus has come um, for sure. But I know nowadays, a lot of times if you, you know, I don't know, are having a conversation with somebody and the subject comes up where they're like, you know, I don't see why you're not okay with XYZ. It could be anything, right? That the Bible speaks against. So it could be, you know, why aren't you okay with uh, getting drunk? Why aren't you okay with, you know, somebody shacking up with their boyfriend or girlfriend? Why don't you believe um, that homosexuality is okay? Why don't you think that, um, you know, just stealing little things from big corporations are okay because, you know, they're never going to really feel it. I don't I get in these weird conversations with some people sometimes. Um, but I appreciate them, though, because I do enjoy having conversations that are with different people who think different things um, and getting to build relationships with those people and think things out. Because if you are willing to get in those conversations, one, you are building a relationship with somebody that God probably wants to open the door to the gospel about. I mean, probably I'm pretty much 100% in that one. Um, and then the other thing is, is it, it makes your faith stronger if you allow it to. And so I'll get these questions like I said, you know, well, why don't you think it's okay to get drunk? And I'll say, well, you know, here's my experience personally, <laughs> but also the Bible says, xyz and then they'll be like well the bible also says and then they'll usually pull out some old testament law um you know the bible also says that you can't cut your beard or you have to bring out you know uh some kind of sacrifice for the atonement of sins for your you know uh, like a, a lamb or a pigeon or that women you know when they're on their monthly time that they have to go from the camp for so many days so are you following those laws I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, but you know what, though? It's like you get those questions and you can't blame that person for asking that question. Uh, you shouldn't get defensive about it because it's a good question. I think a lot of times, you know, we hear these questions and then we'll be like, oh, well, you just don't believe and you wouldn't understand. So never mind. But the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So you might be like, well, that's not about, you know, he's not asking a question for the reason of your hope. He's just, you know, trying to start an argument. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, these kind of questions do lead to the reason why Christ came. And, um, and I, oh, man, Sometimes people will ask you questions and you know that you have faith in God and Jesus, right? And you know, and you're certain of your salvation with the Lord. But at the same time, you might be like, but also, <laughs> why do we not follow the Old Testament laws? And and so sometimes, you know, um, it's hard for us to even understand ourselves why we might not do what we do or don't do so i i encourage y'all um because this is this is what i gotta do is when something happens that makes it feel like you have a hole in your faith somewhere meaning like well i, I don't really I, I don't really know why that i believe that way or i don't really know why i do this like go and look and see and search the scriptures and ask people um who you know are in a right 
relationship with the Lord um, about these things so that you can have firm footing in what you believe and, and don't just do stuff and you don't know why. That doesn't make sense to do, right? And there's, um, if you look, there's 613 Old Testament laws. And so praise the Lord, <laughs> we ain't got to keep up with all that because that's a lot. So and you've got to remember that, um, you know, even though the whole Bible is God's word, not everything is written to us. Um, so everything is written for us, but not everything is written to us. And so when we look at um, the first five books of the Bible and specifically Leviticus, that's written to the nation of Israel. Their laws can be broken up in three basic categories, right? So you have ceremonial, which is the first one that is, you know, all about um the ceremonies and stuff surrounding the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant and, you know, just setting them apart from the other nations as God's chosen people. And then you have uh, the civil uh, laws, which basically is putting them rules down of how to treat each other. And then you have moral laws, um, which is just guiding their moral behavior. And sometimes you have the civil laws that overlap the moral behavior, like, hey, don't lie, don't take your neighbor's stuff don't murder. And, you know, then the civil thing is like, and if you do, this is what's going to happen. So that's the first, you know, important thing to understand. And I think when you explain, you know, some of that, then the natural occurrence, I mean, gosh, y'all, like, I think uh, when you explore God's word, and then you've got different dispensations and different um, time periods of when grace wasn't here and when it was just law and then when Jesus came and how things changed and then when Jesus went up to heaven and how you know some things changed then too it's really hard not to go down a hundred different rabbit holes dog trails whatever you want to call them um so I'm gonna try to kind of stay on point this was like really hard for me to kind of try to um go through but naturally when we talk about the old testament laws and who it's to and that it you know, a lot of that does not apply to us anymore. My natural inclination might be yours too, is to think about Matthew five seventeen, which says, this is Jesus talking, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am uh, not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And so if you don't really uh, look into what that verse actually means, you might say, well, he's not come to abolish the law, right? He's here just to um, you know, offer his sacrifice, but that these Old Testament laws still apply as well. And so I think a lot of the Jews, after they, some of them did get saved from, um, by Jesus, that they still struggled also with being married to those old laws. But what do you do when you're still having questions? You're still a little confused. Um, you go and you look in the Bible and check out some more verses. So let's look at Romans chapter 7. And this is uh, verses 7 through 12, so don't leave me. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive uh, without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. Okay, so kind of picking that part a little bit is that 
um, God put down these laws and he is holy and he is just and he is good. And so if he is just and he put down these laws, then when you break the law, a just God, king, judge, whoever, um, is going to hold you accountable to that and you will have to pay the penalty for breaking the law. And so um, the law, though, I think it is interesting how it had said, um, I had not known sin, but by the law. So maybe your kid is, you know, playing basketball in the house and running up and down stairs and shooting hoops off the balcony and whatever. And you go, hey, Johnny, like, what's up? You're not supposed to be bouncing this ball. You're not supposed to be doing this. The kid's going to look at you and be like, what? I didn't know because you didn't have any rules, right? But if you put a rule in and you say, hey, don't be bouncing that ball in his house. If you're going to be bouncing the ball, you're going to do it outside because you're going to break stuff inside. So you're just not going to bounce the ball in the house. That's the rule. So when Johnny goes and he bounces that ball in the house, guess what? That rule told him when he bounced that ball that he was going to be a rule breaker. So it's the same for us. And, you know, if you want to apply it to adult terms, you can just think about, you know, if you know the law is not to speed and you see a speed limit sign of 55, then you know the law means that you go 55. You might like try to, you know, push that a little bit or whatever, but the law is 55. So, you know, if you're going 75, you get pulled over, you know that you broke the law and you committed a crime and you have to pay the penalty for breaking um, the law of speeding, right? So it's the same thing when God has laws we, when we break these laws, are lawbreakers. So you're like, hey, you just said that this was written to Israel and not to us. And now you're saying, what? What What are you saying, Nicole? And I'm like, right, let's work through this, okay? So you have these ceremonial laws and they're having to make atonement for their sins of committing, um, of breaking these laws. And um, in Hebrews 10, um a lot of these are big chunks of verses, but I think it's important to read them uh, so you just see the context of what it's saying. But I think this is a really good picture. It says Hebrews 10, 10 uh, through 22, it says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So if you look at all that, that's a picture to the Jews of what the tabernacle, uh, and all that used to be, and all the, the ceremonies that they had to do, and 
oh, you know, when Jesus died, it said the veil was torn. If you do a study or if you want to just Google real quick, <laughs> be careful, um, the tabernacle in the Old Testament, it will show you a picture, a diagram with, um, you know, the the water, I can't eat my brain right now, the water, the veil, like the Ark of the Covenant, all that kind of stuff in there and what they had to do um, to go and make atonement for sins and things like that. So it's really interesting to see the Old Testament and the law back then of what they had to do and what Jesus came to do. So we know with when it comes to the ceremonial laws um, that we do not have to do those anymore because Jesus came and fulfilled the law, right? He didn't come to abolish it. He didn't erase it. He wasn't like, eh, who cares? It's fine now. He came and, and he paid it. He paid the cost himself. So that is why we don't have to do um, the ceremonial laws anymore. Um, and then if we want to keep reading the Bible, because that's always a good idea when you're trying to figure out what God is saying is you read God's words and he'll just tell you what he's saying. So Galatians 3 uh, verses 23 through 28. But before faith come, we were kept under the law, shut up unto faith, which should have afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ. So there's no differences um, before, you know, I think the Jews, they were like, hey, Gentiles, if you want to become um, a Christ follower, for some of the Jews that decided to, you're going to have to get circumcised. And the Gentiles were like, what are you saying? And so um, it's just faith in Christ, right? It's circumcision of the heart um, is what the Bible says. And we are all one in Christ. There's no difference between us um, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And we don't have to follow those laws in the Old Testament because Jesus fulfilled those laws. Um, but... And the other category of laws in the Old Testament are those moral laws. And that is pretty much like God's character. And those are the things that he desires us to do. And again, we've kind of talked about before that we cannot do those things in our own flesh. If we're just going to get frustrated and we're going to fail. But when we ask Christ to forgive us of our sins, we ask him to fulfill um, the laws that we've broken in our part as that ultimate sacrifice um, because we are sinners. We have broken these laws. You're like, what laws are you talking about, right? When we talk about thou shall not murder, you're like, I ain't never killed nobody. But then you see, hey, the Bible also says that if you even hate a man, you have committed murder. You might be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like a care bear. I don't hate nobody. I've never hated anybody, okay? Well, talks about lying, right? Have you ever told a lie? And if you are a human, I'm pretty sure you have told a lie. I mean, even as a kid, my kids lie to me all the time <laughs> about stuff. It's like, hey, did you take a piece of candy while they're chewing it? Uh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm pretty sure you probably also lied at some point in your life or taken something small, right? Maybe, you know, you took a pen somewhere. You're like, eh, it's just a pen. Nobody cares. But it wasn't yours. So you stole. You broke the law. 
So we are all sinners. We have all fallen short. There's not one person that's ever been perfect except Jesus Christ. So if you have broken the law, you need somebody to pay the penalty for your sin because God is holy and just. And that person that's going to pay that penalty for you is Jesus because he came and he died once and for all so that there's no other sacrifices that have to be done. And you can just say, Lord, yes, I want that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. And please be my savior. Um, forgive me of my sins. And, and he will. Um, and then I want to read uh, Matthew chapter 22 verses 34 through 40. Oh my gosh, this is a long episode, so sorry. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put these Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Talking about uh, Jesus did this. And those Pharisees did not like Jesus. Then one of them said, then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so any moral law that you can go back and read in the Old Testament. And again, you could probably just Google moral laws of the Old Testament. It'll probably come up with a bunch of verses right there if you want to check that out. Um, and if you read all those, you'll be like, mm, you know what? That is still true today. <laughs> That's some good ideas right there. Um, and these moral laws are either showing you how to love God or to love your neighbor. So you're not going to love your neighbor if you're lying against your neighbor or if you're you know, coveting something that they have, or if you are um, just being a jerk, you know, so God wants us to be like the image of Christ. And he when that's what I was going to say earlier is when we ask him to forgive us of our sins and to be our savior, he comes and takes residence up inside of us. And so now we have the power of the almighty God living inside of us and his strength and his wisdom. And all we have to do is ask just dear Lord, please, I pray that you give me your strength to make choices today that are going to be pleasing to you and be the words of my mouth and be my thoughts and be my actions, Lord, and guide my feet and, um, and just help me to, just make those choices that you want me to make. That's stuff I pray. And I mean it, you know. And so hopefully there's this podcast called The Next Right Thing. I used to listen to it. But kind of just what she said was sometimes we can get overwhelmed by choices. And if you just think about what is the next right thing. What's the next right choice to make? And ask the Lord to be your strength um, and give you the power to do that in his spirit, right? Okay, so. Um, and then Romans... 10 1 through 4 brethren my heart's desire and prayer to god for israel is that they might be saved for i bear them record that they have a zeal of god but not according to knowledge for they being ignorant of god's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves into the righteousness of god for christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth so he's talking to the jews he's saying they're trying to earn their own righteousness by following the law and that's just not possible right um, because if you read in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through nine, it says, for by grace, are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves? It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay. <sighs> All right. So I don't know. I hope that helps answer things. Maybe it didn't. Maybe that just made you have more questions. And if you have questions, you can always ask me and 
can look through things and talk about it and discuss uh, scriptures and just, you know, whatever. I'm not offended by any questions. I think questions are great, especially if you have them, because if you don't ask them, they're just going to keep whirling around your head and, um, and just cause some doubt. And there's just no reason for that when we can talk about it and uh, search God's word. So I wanted to read a quote by Charles Spurgeon. Yeah, this is the last thing I'll say before I get to the song. Um, so this is what he said. I am crucified with Christ, saith Paul. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Thus, because God sent his Son and condemned sin in the flesh, we condemn it too. His death becomes to us the gate of life. More than that, not only do we seek to avoid the evil because of the sacrifice of Christ, but gratitude to him incites us to uh, to the good shall he do all this for me and I do nothing for him shall he die for me and shall I henceforth not live for him if he gave his life for me then I will give my life to him he has bought it he deserves it and he shall have it I will no longer live to the flesh since in the flesh Christ condemned my sin what a wonder it is that the Lord Jesus by his atonement could de- condemns him sin and let the condemned sinner go free Surely the delivered soul will henceforth count it the greatest joy of life to serve him who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Thus what the law could not do, the sent one by his wondrous work fulfills. He takes us from under the bondage of the law and being delivered for our sins, he also delivers us from our sins. For sin shall not have dominion over you for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Thus grace triumphs against the flesh is in giving us liberty, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Thus, the holy law is cheerfully fulfilled. End quote. So again, just remember, you cannot do these things in your flesh, but living a life of gratitude uh, to God by his own power to fulfill his will for your life and your purpose um, for him. And it is the greatest joy because he came to also give you abundant life um, and joy. And you can only do that by... Uh, just following him in his uh, in his will, and so um, I hope that, anyways, maybe some of that helped. And so when people ask you a question like, "Hey, you know, why are you against homosexuality?" and you say, "Because the Bible says this," and they say, "Well, the Old Testament says this," and then you say, "Hey, let me tell you, though, why those Old Testament laws don't apply because Jesus fulfilled it, and let me tell you how He did." And it's a good opportunity to present the gospel of Christ because Christ did that for all of us, right? He was and is all-inclusive and shows no favoritism when it comes to him dying for everybody and giving that same opportunity to anybody and everybody uh, to have forgiveness of sins and to repent and turn to him um, for their salvation. And so... Anyways, that's some good news. I'm excited about it. Um, This song I'm going to add to the playlist is called This Is My Father's World. Now, that's like an old hymn. This guy, Mount B. D. Babcock. I could have said his name wrong, probably. Um, But he wrote this hymn, I think, in 1908. So that's over 100 years old. And um, I have never heard this before. You might have, but I have not. There's a lot of different people that sing it, uh, and it's kind of slow. So I picked um, this one band that sang it. It's They're called A New Liturgy. <laughs> it's not, y'all are probably worried that I homeschool. I do too. 
Okay, obviously that is not how you say that word. I had to stop and look it up because I was like, nobody named, that's not a word. Okay, liturgy, a new liturgy for Pete's sake. Um, okay, so here's some of the lyrics. It says, this is my father's world, the birds that are carols raise, the morning light, the lily white, declare the maker's praise. This is my father's world. He shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass, I hear him pass. He speaks to me everywhere. This is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my father's world. Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is king. Let the heavens ring. God reigns. Let earth be glad. So I really, I like being outside and especially this time and um, just hearing those lyrics, I was like, oh, that's nice. And then anytime we talk about God being king and just how he's sovereign and he's over everything, I just get so much peace. And I remember my foundation. I remember the perspective and the big picture. And so then I don't feel overwhelmed by either like petty things or even big things sometimes because I know that God is sovereign and he's in control. And so I'll add that to the playlist. There is a weird kind of chanting at the end of the, their song. <laughs> Um, it's not wrong in what they say. It's just kind of weird just to kind of forewarn you. So I'll link the podcast Spotify playlist in the show notes. Listen, I just had to record that like three different times because I just said Potify. I am, I shouldn't talk the song. That's really what the, the moral is here. Um, but anyways, as I said, for real, y'all, if you have any questions, any thoughts or discussions or anything you want to add, um, you can always, uh, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Walk With Jesus Podcast or email me at walkwithjesuspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll talk to you all next Monday. <laughs>